Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. What was that? I'm just so excited. We're we're ready to be back. We went to the Steelers game this weekend. I feel like that's been the summary of our podcast. For We've the last... gone to every Steelers home game. Oh, it throws me off my game though. Because then I feel like you miss all of the other games and then it takes you so long to catch up, which is why this episode's a little bit late. It's really throwing off our vibe. We need to stop going to Steelers games. I think it might be yeah. our last. Probably not. Yeah. We're definitely not going this weekend, which will be our first missed home game. And then I'm sure we'll go to either the Browns or the Bills game. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if we have some self-control and not go. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we all know we we totally have some self-control. Totally. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyway, welcome into the Ball Blast Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle. And we have just wrapped up week nine. It's almost over. It's sad. Like, I feel like I'm getting sad towards the end of the year. The off season is so long. It's so long. And this is just flown by. The The positive thing is that even... Do, do you also feel like nothing's happened? <laughs> I feel like this season, it just feels like nothing has happened. You know, when you're sort of waiting for the fallout of the season, like you're waiting for everything to go to the way that you expected it before the season, you're yeah. like, oh, that's a that's an anomaly. It's going to it's gonna all shake out. Like like the way that I've been waiting for the DJ Chark fallout, mm-hmm. I've been waiting for him to crash. And I'm like, oh, no, DJ Chark is just good now. Like that's... You have to really get your mind wrapped around the fact that this is the way that this season is going to go. This season, I feel like every player has had a couple bad games or more than that, like a handful of bad games. It feels like all even the elite players have had just terrible, terrible games. The consistency is not there this year. Like the wide receiver one in half PPR formats. He had a zero reception game, zero yards. And now he's the water saver one and half PPR formats. Yeah, and I think that even includes his bye week. So yeah. like he's... Mike Evans, baby, my wide receiver one on the season. He's made it. He's the wide receiver one. He's killing it. He's definitely made up for his zero reception game, for sure. But I feel like the only consistent guys this year are Michael Thomas and Delvin Cook. Yeah. Well, Christian McCaffrey. Okay. CMC is the MVP for fantasy leagues. But it's been so hard to depend on people. Lamar Jackson for quarterback, that would be your consistent guy. But so many elite players are just having just terrible, terrible, like, not even just one game, like a whole string of games. Like, what's going on with Keenan Allen? I don't know. And I, I honestly, I think that part of what we're seeing is just the change in the offense and the shift in game plan with Melvin Gordon. I, I think that they just didn't know how to reincorporate him back into the field. Which was bizarre because it seemed like the offense was flowing and then he comes back and it just goes screeching to a halt, which you don't want to say about your stud running back. Like, Zeke comes back, you're flowing again. Mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon comes back, the engine sputters. Yeah, and I think a lot of people think that last week was the Melvin Gordon get right game. Like, he's all good to go now. We'll talk about it in a little bit why I'm still a little cautious. Like, I'm excited about Melvin Gordon, but I'm still a little cautious uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, this has not been the year for consistency. It's just guys each week keep letting us down. Yeah. They... And there's been a lot of big injuries or injuries that happen like the first drive of the game. Like the first piece of news we'll get into. Should we just jump right in? I think we should. All right. It's just in. Breaking news. Breaking news. All right. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen, what did you do, man? We said it. We said it. We said you'd come back too soon. And then what happens? Just seven snaps into the game, he's out. Hamstring should miss week 10. And he's going to miss longer than that. Like, he 
re-aggravated. Re-aggravated. It. They have a week 12 bye. So Why I think not he's just going, rest him? He's going to miss week 10. He's going to miss week 11. And then he has a bye week 12. And then you have him for week 13, 14, 15, 16. And that's if you make the playoffs. So and that's if you make the <laughs> He's playoffs. certainly not going to help you get to the playoffs. Nope. Maybe if this is if this is your window right here, you need to win these next few weeks. He's not going to help you out. Yeah, if you need to win, like you said, if you're right in the middle of the pack, you gotta go try to sell him to the best team in your league right now. Be like, hey, you can use him for the playoffs. Give me someone to use right now. Yeah, basically, that's probably what you're going to have to do if you have a good record. Hold on to him and just wait it out. And Adam Thielen will come back. He'll be okay, but. Yeah, this game stunk. You played him. The whole reason you felt comfortable playing him is because he almost played 10 days before that. They were talking about that he was possibly going to play in that Thursday night game before that. How was he possibly going to do that if it still was not even close to healing, obviously, by well, 10 days later? I it sounded like he wanted to come back into the game right after injury. I don't know what. Like I, I honestly... The doctors for Minnesota Vikings have to be better. Like every they have to player, know when to restrict their guy. Every player wants to play. You can't let them. Yeah. This was this was a stupid decision by the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And we're suffering because of that. Be better, Minnesota Vikings. I know. Training staff. I love feeling another guy that got hurt in the first game back. Deshaun Jackson. Abdomen Deshaun actually Jackson. like tore off or something off his core muscle what was yeah, that yeah apparently his core muscle literally detached from the bone which awesome sounds great that sounds absolutely gnarly um i love had a how, repair today so yeah there were some videos of him walking Oof. uh which i can't he even was imagine walk, he was walking very slowly very gingerly and somebody kindly commented about the same speed alshon jeffrey is every sunday Ooh. It was absolutely savage, but you know Deshaun Jackson, his his slowest speed is like most of ours, like a, a brisk brisk walk. Yeah, so he, he's Deshaun Jackson. He's he the news is that he's expected to miss four to six weeks after having the surgery. That doesn't make any sense to me. What? How many weeks did he just miss the first time this injury happened? When it wasn't detached, he didn't have surgery. There's no way he's back before six weeks. You can't hold on to him. You just if you have an IR spot and you're planning to make the playoffs, then fine. Yeah, fine. Hold on to him. But geez, not Deshaun Jackson's year. That's for sure. Um, I just don't know what you can expect. From him after being out all that time, he's not going to be conditioned. Yeah, I, yeah I don't, can you even you can't run or work out with this injury? No, I think. Can you the, imagine even laughing during this injury? Oh my goodness, oh you couldn't God. be around anybody. You can't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot laugh. That would hurt so. Yeah, can't hang out with your friend. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's. You can't even cry. You can't have any emotion. I feel like crying is like, you know, kind of. Yeah, out. you get that little up up in your gullet. Yeah, there. yeah. I I can't imagine what. What kind of pain he's going through, but he has done for fantasy purposes. Stash him on your IR. That's the most productive he's going to be. Yep. Another guy uh, that was injured, but he's planning to come back. So some good news here. OJ Howard, he's supposed to be back from that hamstring injury. So always a risk to play them the first week because they can react, right? It. They can I cannot say that word. I'm going to stop saying it right now. But week 10 versus Arizona. I mean, come on. But, I don't know. I on. don't know. I know OJ Howard has been pretty useless. He's not being used whatsoever in that Bucks offense, but it's against the Arizona Cardinals defense where we saw Rhett Ellison have a very good fantasy day for the New York Giants when they played the Cardinals. I mean, I think the difference is that they what? they seem to sort of like it's not like you just haven't heard any buzz at all. It wasn't like when they came out and said, you know, O.J. Howard's not playing perfect. They've been coming out and saying, we want to get O.J. Howard more involved prior to the injury. and he... It's a total risk play. Total risk uh, reward play. Yeah, but it could have, I mean, we, we, he's still the same athlete, right? He's made a lot of mental mistakes, as has his quarterback, I think that this could be a get-right game for a defense that just can't hold up against the tight end position. But it there is. Are it's a glory play. By. There are six teams on by. Like Who else are you starting? Yes. The tight end position is already just pointless. Like, there's a handful of guys you can use. So, 
there's six teams on by as well. You're going to need some replacement guys. Yeah. I think you could do worse than OJ Howard. Uh, another injury we got to talk about, James Conner, his shoulder. He's still limited. He's going to be limited uh, in the early week, Tomlin said, but he's optimistic. Tomlin is optimistic that Conner will play. Me, not so much. Yeah. Um, What's the difference between one week? Like, if this is a pain thing, then why didn't you just play last week? You get shot up and you play. I don't know if this is so much just a pain thing, or why wouldn't you just play? Like, it didn't heal anymore in a week. It's a No, AC but, I mean, spray. I think it, it depends on the degree of severity of the injury. It probably depended on the degree of pain. So, if you're talking about even being another week out from the injury, resting it, because... Um, I mean, every single week, if you're taking a hit to that shoulder, it's it's just sort of co- compounding on the injury, right? You don't want to take any hits. He went a week without taking hits to the shoulder. I I think that doesn't hurt the situation. I think he sits out another week. Why would the Steelers go see, you know, if they can go grab Bell? And they said they only did that because of Connor's injury. If that's true... That's not true if Connor plays this week. Like, he didn't go look for Bell to see a one-week replacement. How seriously did they look? Though? I don't know. That's that's my question. Um, Kareem Hunt, uh, we hear that Freddie Kitchens says he will definitely have a role in his season debut versus the Bills. He's coming off the suspension. Also, a sports hernia surgery repair. So Yeah, that was a long time ago. It was he's a long time ago, in. but I mean, this was right around when he was expected to be cleared. So something to keep in mind, definitely have a role, but you're having a role on a pretty bad offense. So what is the upside there for Kareem Hunt? Does it just confuse the role for Nick Chubb there? Yes, I think so. I think the one thing you can do against the Bills is you can run. That's pretty much the only thing you could do. So I don't want to see Baker throwing this ball against the Bills secondary. I want them to run the ball 40 times. Yes, he's going to get just murdered behind that back. What is your threshold for starting Kareem Hunt this week, though? You have no idea what his role will be. You have seen Dontrell Hilliard relatively involved. Not much, but you've seen him have sort of a... You see him pop in the game every now and then. Do you feel like this is a guy that you're willing to take a a flyer on if you need a win this week? Uh, well, it's not about needing a win. It's about how many guys you have on bye this week with the six teams on bye if you need a running back too. Okay. Like, I don't know how much I'm excited about putting in my flex. Like If you have a wide receiver that's a little bit more trustworthy, but if you need someone to go into that running back two spot, you can't just go find anyone off waivers. Yeah. And Kareem Hunt's probably not on waivers at this point. If he is, go pick him up. What are you doing? Like, you're, what is your league doing? Yeah. I wouldn't. It, it's risky. But I do think with Chubb getting all of the work this whole year, they're probably going to be excited to have someone else take the work, the load off him. Like, Well, and I think that's also preservation for, for Chubb. You don't want to wear him down you don't want him to sustain a major injury absolutely I do think Hunt gets involved they need another playmaker in this offense they need someone that can create a play short they need someone that Baker can dump it off to because he has 0.1 seconds to throw the ball yeah he does not trust his line he gets scared up to the first second it's just the truth I love you Baker but you're getting scared back there reasonably so you're getting killed. Yeah. But they need someone he can dump it off to, and Chubb's just not a pass-catching guy. He can. He can. He's just not. That's really. not his specialty. Yeah. Anyone can catch a ball wide open. Like, we could catch a ball wide open. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But Hunt is dynamic. He's awesome. He's one of the best pass-catching backs in the league. But you also doesn't, isn't there any part of you that wonders how much of that was being a product of an Andy Reid offense? Yes, but we've seen now three running backs in this Andy Reid offense this year, and they're all garbage. Yeah. So but you also maybe saw Hunt's it. just really good. Do you think if Hunt was on the Kansas City Chiefs right now this year, this would be their backfield? You think that this would be the issue no. in Kansas City right now? No, no, no. No, Hunt no. is a million years ahead of those I know he's guys. a million years better. I'm yeah. just wondering comparatively, like – Hunt, when he's on a bad offense, two what years are we ago, see from him? two years ago, Hunt had seventeen hundred yards in a season. I'm not. I'm saying pretty sure he's the lead good. running back right now has like two hundred yards. I'm not saying he is not good. Yeah, Kareem Hunt is a talented running back, but he's not like he's got some 
crazy athletic profile. Is he going to be what he was in Kansas City? Absolutely no. No. Because he's not going to be used the same way either. They're not going to just sit Chubb. Like, Chubb's going to be heavily involved. No, but what if you have a Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, one-two punch? You know what? We're going to get into Cream Hunt a lot more in a little bit. Oh. So let's move on in our news. Finish the news up. Nick Foles is going to start. So Minshew, bye-bye. I have seen so many interesting comments on Twitter about this today. People are upset. Yeah, and I, I certainly, I understand the excitement around Minshew. That's all it is. He has a good personality. It's hype. It's, nice. And it's not even to say that he's had a a bad rookie season. He's had some nice moments. He's For made being some... a six-round rookie, he's yeah. fantastic. But when you compare him to the other quarterbacks in the league to win games, he is not fantastic. Yeah. And I'm not saying Nick Foles is, but he has brought a team to the Super Bowl before. So maybe give him a shot because you just paid him a gazillion dollars. Yeah, I think the financial incentives, like if the Steelers were this financially invested in a quarterback and you did just pay him a boatload of guaranteed money and he got to play 11 snaps before getting injured... Don't you kind of want to see what that guy can do? Unless you found the next Mahomes or Watson or Lamar Jackson. Yeah, don't just not go back to Nick Foles. Minshew had a really good start. He did. He was impressive. And he made cool plays. And he has a fun personality. But you know what? He he messes up a lot. He makes a lot of mistakes. And the last three out of four games have been bad. Not good. Even slightly it's, good. It's been ups and downs. Um, the Minshew era. But also, he's like four and five. Like, it's how, not that great. You have how, a great defense. You have a great running well, back. Well, there are plenty of people that would argue that he's four and four because. But I also I say he played four eleven and five. or Nick Foles played eleven, 11 snaps. Yeah, so he was. Uh, I think I want to say Minshew was in on eighty-one percent of offensive snaps. That's essentially his game. The difference between Mason Rudolph and Minshew, because people love to hate on Mason Rudolph. He's not the next quarterback which if Ben was were to come back right now we'd all want Ben like yeah. it doesn't matter but the difference between the two is that Minchu has an awesome personality that just everyone's in love with and Rudolph's more you know shy I've never and, heard Macy Rudolph say anything well and that's why people love <laughs> Minchu it's all about the personality he's, they're not he's thinking fun. about the team yeah. if you're a Jaguar fan I get he's been fun but do you want to win or not yeah. You've had enough bad quarterback play. Do you really want more? Yeah. All right. And last up for our news item, Le'Veon Bell. He's not going to practice on Wednesday. He had an MRI on his knee. Uh, I think everything, you know, came out just fine. He's going to yeah. be okay. But he's not going to practice Wednesday. And then Adam Gay said, we'll see how he progresses after that. No idea what that means. <laughs> like, okay. Is, okay. So we how did do you finally see some fantasy production from him this week. I think he put it up only took him points. It only took him like <laughs> twenty nine hundred touches. Yeah, and I mean that's that's what you're going to need from a running back in a poor offense against Miami. Volume. It should have been way better. That's it, all. I'm it should have, and it's. I mean, they are not a good offense, and I don't know. Like, what else do you expect from a running back on a bad offense? They don't have a lot of scoring opportunities. They're turning over the ball. Um, The team did elevate Josh Adams from their practice squad, Mm -hmm. former running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. He looked good last year. He looked great. I can't believe he's not a starter right now on a team. Like, I'm actually surprised. I can't believe he's not just on an – not necessarily even a starter, but, like, a backup. Like, I thought the Detroit Lions would have – been yeah, fine to sign not? him. I thought um, I, he was a free agent He's back dirt when. Cheap. Yeah, yeah. I don't get why the Lions when it went for him. He was a free know. agent back when Lamar Miller tore his ACL. You're not telling me that Josh Adams wouldn't like. I obviously Carlos side is working out just fine, but was really surprised to see that Josh Adams just not even has a second there. string or a third string on someone's team practice. But squad. now he is. He's on the Jets, but. So you would think this is a bad sign for Bell, but apparently they said they only did this because another team wanted him. So they have to sign him to his team to not get to their team, his team. Have to sign him to the Jets so he can't be taken. I guess it was the Miami Dolphins who wanted him. 
because Mark I mean, that Wallen. Makes sense. Oh, one thing we forgot to bring up: Mark Wallen suspended for four games, and you would think that'd be a big news item. But I just don't care about Mark Wallen. He's. I mean, I think you do have to care a little bit because he's been a running back that's yeah. seen volume. Yeah. And some people in a very big pinch has have needed to start I Mark get Walton. It. It's it's hard to find a running back any given week who's getting ten plus carries, and he had been. So someone I'd go see if I, is on your waivers in dynasty. Not worrying about it in redraft. Miles Gaskin, okay. I think I'm saying that name right. He was a, a rookie this year for the Dolphins, and you might as and well go pick one him up the, and see what happens. He's one of the only Miami Dolphins left in town. Legit. I so think it's even just if him in redraft, the in redraft, if you're desperate and you yeah. have no running backs, let's go see what happens. Go pick him up. See who gets the carries this week. It could be Kalen Balage, but clearly the team doesn't like him. So yeah. Speaking of of Miami Dolphins, also Preston Williams, wide receiver, done for the season. Is Miami just putting everybody on IR? Is this like a tanking tactic? They were like, Preston, you helped us win this week. What are you doing? You're going to IR right now. Off to the IR with yeah. you. Uh, so that stinks because he, he had a good rookie year. He's someone that we need to remember for next year because, you know, it's halfway through the season. We're not going to see him for a while. People are going to forget about him. He had a very good rookie year. And he's someone definitely to remember. And maybe, hopefully, the Dolphins have a better quarterback next year. Hopefully, but in the meantime, you've got Devontae Parker, who is yep. still probably one of the more underrated fantasy wide receivers at the he's time. He's actually consistent. He's been, like, rock solid. Uh, he's getting uh, an average of six targets a game, 4.4 receptions, 53 yards, and he scored a touchdown in four out of the last five games. Yeah. He's not going to win you a week, but, I mean, he's a very solid wide receiver, two wide receiver, three. Yeah. Yeah. I I really like Devontae Parker. He's shown some big playability. Um, his only real dud of the season was against New England, and it was Miami against New England. Yeah. Moving on. All right, well, let's get into our segment. So our first segment here, we're going to talk about our league winners. Awesome. Yes! I am back! League winners, baby. We're going to talk about some of our favorite candidates that are going to lead you to your fantasy championship. We're entering week 10, which is prime time, 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 time. Okay. It's the prime time, rhyme time, (laughs) grind time to plant your flag for your league winners. Like this is when you call your shot. Yep. This is, this is us calling our shots here. Michelle, give me your first league winner. And one thing I want to bring up, this might be your trade deadline right here. Like week 10 is some people's trade deadline. Sometimes it's week 11. Hopefully it's not already passed. Go get these guys. Yeah. Because all these guys we bring up are, you can go get them still. You can still go get them. So my first league winner, it's not going to be a shock to anyone. I brought up this name plenty of times this season and he's disappointed for most of it. It's Devin Singletary. Love it. Our love, the Buffalo Bills, where I don't know where our love has come from, but it's, it's just. It is strong. It's strong. But Devin Singletary finally got the volume last week. 20 rushing attempts. Let's go. He gave us 95 yards and a touchdown on those 20 rushing attempts. And then he added five, or sorry, four targets, three receptions, 45 yards. Because dude is good through the air. Uh, yeah, he had a good he had a good fantasy day in a, a week that a lot of people probably didn't play him because the week before that he had three rushing attempts. But I think the tides have finally turned for the Buffalo Bills. We knew that sooner or later they were going to go away from Frank Gore. No matter how great he is, as the old man he is, they were going to go to the young stud sooner or later. And guys, if you have not yet looked at Devin Singletary's college stats, just go look at them. They're hilarious. Watch his college film. It's just him bulldozing through. He didn't play any real I don't defenses. care. But I don't care. it doesn't matter, guys. He had 32, 32, 32 rushing touchdowns in one year. His sophomore year. <laughs> How is that possible? That he must have scored on every single drive they had the entire year. They only played 14 games. He had 32 rushing touchdowns. That's, That's insane. Psychotic. To me. Yeah. And then his junior year, he only played three years. He had a he had 22. So, you know, he followed it up. He had 66 rushing touchdowns in three years of college. Three years. 66. 
It's like the devil's number. Yeah, 66. Yeah. That's insane. That's (laughs) inappropriate. It's insane. All he does is find the end zone. And I bring this up because I I get it's college. He didn't really play against real defenses. But I did go back and I I saw what Florida Atlantic, that's the school he went to. What's the running backs doing this year? No one has more than seven touchdowns. They're almost done with their season. Wow. No one has more than seven touchdowns. I went to the year before he joined. The, The top touchdown producer had five so it's not just the school he's at. He had 32 in one year. Well, we year. all know FAU is just wild for running backs. Like one year, 32. I can't get over that, 32 touchdowns. But so far this this year in the NFL, Devin Singletary's only touched the ball 52 times, and 23 of those came last week. He has three total touchdowns. Frank Gore only has two total touchdowns this year with double the amount of touches. All Devin Singletary knows how to do is find the end zone, and that's what he's going to keep doing. I think the trend continues with his touches going up. In the three games that we've seen him fully healthy, he's up in the 60% of offensive snaps. That's all you can hope for for a running back. That's pretty normal for most running backs that aren't you know, the, the top main dogs like the CMCs and the Zeeks. I think he's going to be great. I think we start to see Frank Gore less and less. Frank Gore's offensive snaps are going way down, 29%, 34%. Their schedule is decent. Cleveland, Miami, Denver. Like I, I like that. It gets a little bit harder at the end of the year. But right now, Devin Singletary, let him bring you to those playoffs, baby. I'm going to start playing them every week. I love that. You know I have been one of the biggest fans of De- Devin Singletary. I just love his tape. He looks like he just instinctively knows where every hole is in that offense. He he just he finds the open space and when that dude's in open space, man, even when he's not, he's got contact balance. He just stays on his feet. You can't take him down and I love love it. And if you're in a keeper league, no matter if you're contending this year or not, I would go try to get him. Like I think he can be a keeper. I think he's going to show us enough at the end of this year that people consider keeping him in one, two, or three keeper leagues. Maybe yeah. not one. That's a bit bold. But two or three <laughs> that is keeper bold, leagues. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I love this man. I think everybody knows we both love him. Let's yeah. hope he doesn't disappoint us. Love it. My league winner, I'm actually sort of shocked by this one, and I, I feel like I'm turning the corner. David Montgomery, running back of the Chicago Bears. So we both went with rookies. We did. We did. And I feel like people are are just cooling down. They or they have cooled down on David Montgomery. Everybody was so hyped. The expectations were so high. And I don't think anybody expected the offense that we've seen this year. I know like I don't think anybody thought that they like obviously they got to where they were last year on on their defense, but their offense wasn't bad. They're bad this year. They're really bad. So it's really hard to count on a running back that's part of that system. But you've got David Montgomery since week two averaging 17 touches per game, five touchdowns in in just eight games played, avoided tackles, ranks 12th, ranks 13 in avoided tackles per attempt, which is a little more interesting. Um, Red zone carries, carries inside the five, baby. He ranks second in the NFL among all running backs for carries inside the five. You know what that is? Money. That is touchdowns, baby. That is touchdown gold. Um, he's had five carries for less than five uh, five yards. Guess what? He's converted all of those for touchdowns. So I really, really, really like David Montgomery, the player. I didn't like the situation, but guess what? He gets Detroit, Dallas, Green Bay, and Kansas City weeks 13 through 16 that's fantasy money. Three out of those four are top six and points allowed to the running back. I really like David Montgomery moving forward. I think you hit it on the head when you said we just all had such high expectations for him. So he feels like such a disappointment, which he has been. I mean, people drafted him high. Yeah. Fourth round high. Some people got crazy. You could have drafted high. like a Derrick Henry with that pick, you know what I mean? <laughs> But I do think moving forward, he starts to get... I mean, he's already been way more involved in this offense. They have to cut 
the Chicago Bears have to cut Mike Davis to save their fourth round comp pick for next year. Bye. I just, yeah, I cannot picture this team keeping Mike Davis for that fourth round comp pick. It's kind of like the Steelers. We just had to cut Moncrief for, to keep our third rounder from Le'Veon Bell. We did it with ease. He's been disappointing. Mike Davis has been disappointing. And I mean, I guess even if they keep Mike Davis, it's not that big of a deal. He's barely seen touches lately. Cohen's not involved in the rushing game. No, I think it's it's the David Montgomery show here on out. I think Matt Nagy got a taste of his own medicine when he decided to rush the ball less than 10 times in a single game, and it didn't pay off. I think that's what changed everything for yes. Montgomery. I think it, honestly, it, it was a, a big perceptual change for Matt Nagy because he, he realized, oh, maybe I shouldn't put the entire game on the back of Mitch Trubisky because he's clearly not ready for that. Like I said, David Montgomery, that schedule is delicious. In your fantasy championships, there are three teams, right? Top three uh, in total points allowed to the running back. Kansas City is number one in total points allowed to the running back. Detroit is number two. Green Bay is number three. That opportunity for a guy like David Montgomery who... We know the talent well, is there. No, that's really what you need because he's not showing talent against good defenses. No, but he's so you also, need the worst defense. He doesn't have an offense that can offload any pressure. Like you're not worried about Mitch Trubisky. The you're issue not... with his ceiling is he's not involved in the passing game like we thought we would. Like he's a he was a great passing. Like he catch them all. Yeah, they're not using him in that way. They're only using Cohen. So, but I do really like this pick. He has a great schedule. He should get a ton of value. I think that's what's gonna open the team. It up for him. The team is not winning, so they really have no shot at making the playoffs right now. Especially in the NFC, I think they see what they have in David Montgomery and try to really get him even more involved. Yeah, I like it. What do you got next? All right, I feel like a lot of people won't like this one because. A, it's going to hurt one of the other guys that they're depending on. And oh. B, you know, there's just some issues with this man on the side. But my my pick is Cream Hunt. Okay. So you did say that we were going to talk about Cream Hunt later. Yep. So hopefully you have not been holding on to him all year. Because if you have, I don't know what your record is right now. Because I can't imagine if you have a short bench being able to keep him all year long. Because yeah. I've only had to keep him for the last two weeks and it's hard. But hopefully you just picked him up recently. You only had to hold on to him a couple weeks. And now you get a running back, which is huge at this time in the year. It's rare to find those. Uh, you, running backs don't grow on trees. No, all right? There's none after the first few weeks. They all dry up. So there's nobody to grab. And now you're grabbing a cream hunt, who we've seen be an absolute game changer for fantasy in just two years ago. Even last, I mean, really last year. So, I mean, his rookie year, we all know what he did. 1,782 total yards, he had 11 touchdowns, and then he was on that same pace last year. He was killing it in 11 games. He had 1,200 yards, 14 total touchdowns. When he gets a workload, he would be amazing. But he's not going to get that same workload. I understand that. But Nick Chubb, his offensive snaps have been decreasing lately. He was in the 80s in week 5 and 6, 80% of snaps. The last two weeks, 65% and 60%. I don't think they want him to have that big of a workload. He's not, he's he's fantastic on the ground. He's just not that great through the air. 6.4 yards per reception. That's one of the worst out of all the running backs um, with over 25 receptions. Yards per route run is actually like the worst at 0.95. Wow. He, he, it might not be the worst, but it's it's like bottom five. It's pretty bad. I think this team, the Browns desperately need something. If it was working right now, I wouldn't be as worried about Chubb and I wouldn't be as excited about Hunt, but it's not working. Nothing's working for that offense. They need someone to spark and give them something. They need someone short for Baker to have a safety net. And I think that'll be Cream Hunt. And I think he sees a lot of passing work. I think he sees more snaps than we think. Like, he's just a fresh guy. And we see guys... It is rare to find a fresh... Yeah. Fresh we see running backs like C.J. Anderson, like Damian Williams last year, that they're going against all these guys that have been playing all year long. They're tired. Their legs are tired. And they're just... And they're fresh. banged up. Yeah, they're banged up. And then you got this fresh dude that hasn't been doing anything, that has a nice healthy body that is just ready to go and put some miles on and they're just better than everyone else because they're fresh yeah my only worry is that i do wonder if he's lost any element of his conditioning with the sports hernia surgery we did see 
um, Trey Burton take a little bit of time to bounce back from that injury. He had his surgery back in May, and then you saw you know him struggle to get back on the field in a timely manner, and it ate into a season. So I, I just wonder how much conditioning he's lost in that meantime. But Kareem Hunt, he's only rostered in 59% um, of ESPN leagues right now, which is kind of crazy. Then the I'm 41% sure. just has to be people just not paying attention. And They're I, just not playing. I guarantee you. They're like, definitely not listening to our podcast. No one that cares this much to listen to fantasy football podcasts is letting Kareem Hunt sit out there. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Like, he's picked up. But you might be able to still go trade for him. That's why all these guys that we're talking about, there's question marks. They're, and these question marks are in the fantasy owner's heads. And maybe you can't get them for cheap, but you can still go get them, and we're saying it might be worth it. Yeah. Uh, Kareem Hunt is risky, but I think I think he can be a game changer. And God forbid Nick Chubb goes down. He's the best handcuffed own ever. Kareem yeah. Hunt is a top five running back if he gets to work. Yeah, I like it. All right, give me your second guy. My I see next, it here, and you know I don't love it. I I don't love it either because you and I were both low on this guy coming into the season. But rightfully so, absolutely rightly so. It it doesn't. I mean, he hasn't come to fruition yet, but I I feel like the tides are turning, and I'm I'm just following the signs. I didn't go into this Google Doc with any preconceived notions. I did all the research from scratch about the matchups, the snap counts, the the air yards. I did that, and then I came to my conclusion. So this is where these are where the numbers led me, Michelle. Okay. Mike Williams, wide yeah. receiver of the Los Angeles Chargers. It hurts me to say it. We had Garrett Price of the Dynasty Nerds on our podcast for Blast His Balls to talk about this guy, and we said he wasn't going to be no good. And he hasn't. We, and he hasn't we said been no good. He will have a couple good games. He hasn't we been said no good. A few good games. And most of the time, he's going to be a disappointing flex play. Well, guess what? We have been on the spot We with have that. been on the money. There's a lot of things we've been wrong about. So I'm willing for, to take this. He's good fight. for like five good games a year, and he just no, had his first one. he's good for like one. two. Whoa, Michelle. Let me, let me, let me maybe, talk, Maybe woman. three. Let me talk, woman. Mike Williams, since week five, leads the team in targets. Not Keenan Allen, who started off so hot. It's Mike Williams that's leading the team. That's what Keenan right Allen does. You he should. goes away. He disappears for games, and then he comes back. This is about Mike awesome. Williams. This okay. is the Mike Williams show. Get Sorry, out of here. Go, go. Leads the team in air yards. Leads the team in average depth of target among any of those wide receivers with 10 or more yards. Has a 35% market share on the air yards in that offense. Ranks second in the NFL among all wide receivers in air yards. You know what that is? That is pure opportunity. So... It doesn't tell you how many of those yards he actually came down with, but that just tells you if him and Philip Rivers connect on those dimes. But they're not connecting. They did this week. He's been overdue to connect, and we saw them come together last season when the opportunity presented himself. And guess what? That that is what the offense is telling me is happening. (sighs) I'm following the targets. I am following the opportunity to be targeted downfield because it does. It takes one catch. He will be a boomer bust play, but there are enough offensive weapons there to divert coverage. He's not going to see top coverage. You know the main guy there is Keenan Allen. Mike Williams is a big play guy, but he's a big enough body that all it takes is, you know, one If the touchdowns were coming this year, it'd actually have a pretty good season. Because, I mean, he's not so getting... So what's the outlier there? It's he, the touchdowns. He, the touchdowns just start coming, but at the same time, Melvin Gordon's finally starting to look like his old self. You don't think that's Keenan just Allen's already more? gotten through his injury now. Hunter Henry's back. He's through his injury. Like, wasn't... Wouldn't he have done it when Hunter Henry was out? When don't Keenan these, Allen was injured? Like, Don't he, these pieces just give him more offensive opportunity? Because... When you're struggling offensively, you're not going to have more scoring opportunities. You're not going to have longer time of possession. You're not going to have all of these opportunities. You just have to help for huge chunk plays because he's... But that's what he's... Now only had three or less receptions in five of the eight games. And his most receptions is six. Like, ugh, man. I don't know. I like him a lot this week. Like, I think you're, like against Oakland, it's going to be fantastic. I don't know. In your championship week, guess who he gets? He gets Oakland. He gets Denver, Jacksonville, Minnesota. Those are all tough defenses, but guess what? He's not the number one guy, and you've got about a million offensive weapons to cover 
on the Chargers offense. Yeah. And I think that when you're you're looking at your fantasy championship, that's the time where you need you don't play it safe. He's when, either going to be your league winner or your league killer. Like yeah, he's, but like he can give you nothing. I have a I have a league where I've been playing Sony Michelle in my flex, and it's sucked. I hate Sony Michelle. Yeah, but you know what? He gets touchdowns. But when I start to move, and I'm definitely making the championship in this league. So <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start swapping him out for Mike Williams because. I want you want to go for gold in your fantasy championship. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Like he's your he's your home run play. If you've been waiting and waiting and waiting waiting on Robbie Anderson, I would much rather have Mike Williams. Absolutely, I I think that they do have a Terry chance McLaurin to, or Mike Williams. I think I'd go with Mike Williams because okay. I do. I just I think it's a better. I when it's a a question of guys that are sort of similar to your talent. John to Brown me, or Mike Williams. Very I would similar John guys. Brown um, because I do think John Brown has that sort of upside every single week anyway. Yeah, does have a tougher schedule down the run, but I think you know it, it's it's definitely just it's about the opportunity for me. And when I'm in my fantasy playoffs, I'm I'm going for gold. Like I'm not I'm not settling for Sony Michelle 12, 13, 14 points. Devontae want, Parker, safe Devontae Parker or Mike Williams. <sighs> Probably I want, Mike Williams. I want Mike Williams. Yeah. I want the ceiling play. Plus, Mike you never Williams, know if they put Josh Rosen back in the game. Yeah, Mike Williams is your ceiling play. He's got the touchdown regression coming. There's no way you just have zero touchdowns and then you have 10 touchdowns and then go to zero. No. Yeah, that's pretty. They're, they're we called for regression hard, but I didn't know. Like I, I was thinking like 10 to 7, not, yeah. not 10 to 0. Like a little mini regression. Yeah. Uh, okay, let me get into my next one here. We talked about Mike Williams for way too long. Way too long. He's I know, you like, look a little sick. Yeah. My boy. I'm going to make this all better because we're going from my hated guy this offseason to my favorite guy but in the world. But you liked the pick. My favorite guy in the world besides my father. James Conner, baby. Shout out, Pat. Shout out to Patrick Majuk. Uh, but James Conner, I mean, come on. Are you guys sick of it yet? Are you sick of it yet? I'm not. I'm sure they got James sick Conner. of it a very long time ago. You can probably for sure go get him right now. People are scared of him because of injuries, as you should be. <laughs> I mean, dude can't make it through the game healthy. Gets hurt on the last, pretty much the last play a couple weeks ago. Very irritating. They did not need him. I don't know why he was in the game. It was a freak freak accident, though. I think he comes back. Maybe not this week, but he's going to come back. He'll play. Let's hope he can stay healthy. Now, when he's healthy, dude is fantastic. Yes, he had a slow start to the year. That put a gross taste in everyone's mouth, and they can't get over it. It seems like people can't get over the start of the year. But the two of the first three games were against New England and against San Fran. And at the time, no one knew how dominant their defenses were. But New England, especially to start the year, you couldn't do anything against them. San Fran has proven that they're just a really good run defense as well. And then the other game was Seattle. Well, Connor missed a good portion of Seattle, and Seattle's not an easy team to run on either. After that, weeks four through eight, eight, Connor is the third highest fantasy score. Weeks four through eight, he's averaging, I didn't count nine because he didn't play. Weeks four through eight, he averaged 23 fantasy points a game. Wow. I believe that's full PPR. So in full PPR, he's averaging 23 points per game. That's only worse than Aaron Jones at 27 and CMC at 33. (laughs) CMC, man. That's nuts. But he's doing better than Dalvin Cook, than Saquon Barkley, who only played two games, but he's averaging 22 points a game. Better than Nick Chubb, better than Zeke, better than Fournette, better than Chris Carson by a lot. Like, he... James Conner's been nothing but awesome. And he's had a lot of injuries, but he's still working through it. And he misses time. He missed a whole half in, in this time period. And he's still the third highest score. He missed all of the, oh, not a whole half, but the whole fourth quarter against the Chargers. The schedule's nice. Gets the Rams. You can run on them. They're fine. Cleveland, Cincy, Cleveland, Arizona, Buffalo, who you couldn't run on. And then the Jets in the Week 16 game. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. It's a nice schedule. There's no game script. You can't game script James Conner out because he is heavily, heavily involved in the passing game. And he guess is what? The passing game. Yep. Mason Rudolph, 
he doesn't want to throw to his wide receivers. He wants to throw two feet away. I don't know if he wants to, but the coaches want him to throw two feet away to his running backs. Well, it's harder to throw to your wide receivers when none of them are ever open. And I do think James Conner's better at making plays after catching the ball than Jalen Samuels is, even though everyone's obsessed with him. And for sure, we saw that James Conner's much better in the in the run game. I mean, Jalen Samuels cannot run. He's Ooh. not a running back. He is a not tight end. Not to say that James Conner has been a great back. runner this year. He had a great game he's, against Miami. He's been better. He's been better lately. When they give him the ball, he's great. They're just not giving him very many rushes. But love the schedule coming up. If he stays healthy, he's a league winner, and you can go get him right now. You can go get a top five running back for the rest of the year if he stays healthy right now for a lot less than that. Yeah. Love it. I'm going to stay in Pittsburgh. My league winner. Not often that I'm going to pick a defense for my league winner it has got to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've shouted them out a million times on this podcast, and you know what? I still don't feel like they're getting the respect that every every offense or every fantasy player should be giving them. Um, the Pittsburgh defense ranks second in total takeaways, first overall in the NFL in the percentage of plays resulting in a turnover by our defense. Number one in fumbles cause, seventh fewest yards allowed per play, fifth in sacks, ninth in fewest missed tackles. Uh, They are imposing pressure on their opposing quarterbacks on 30.3% of plays. That is only behind San Francisco, who is pressuring uh, those quarterbacks on 31.8% of plays, and only uh, 30.8% of those plays are pressures by Nick Bosa, so... (laughs) Um, they do get a nice schedule during your fantasy championship. They get Arizona, who is a, a decent offense, but I, I can see them limiting him. He is still a rookie quarterback. He's spreading the ball around. There's not really any sort By of... By him, you mean Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Yep. Yes. Um, they're is just that game not... in Arizona? That makes it a little bit harder. I believe it is. But still, I think we can stop I I just think the fact that they don't really have any big standouts... On, on the team, they've got Kenyon Drake now. They've got just a, a questionable questionable group at running back. We don't really know what we're going to be expecting there, but been more dominant against the run. Kyler Murray, he doesn't want to get those big hits, so might be able to get taken down with some sacks. Then he gets Buffalo, averaging the seventh fewest yards from scrimmage, eighth fewest points for in the NFL. That's They've been... Definitely a nice, nice Josh team Allen turns defense. over the ball as well. Yeah, and actually, he's been he's been a little better on the season so far. But then, oh, they get the New York Jets. They're gonna tie up your fantasy championship and a nice little boo, but a little boo for you, little bow. <laughs> New York Jets tied for the most interceptions in the league, fewest passing yards in the league, fewest passing touchdowns, fifth most turnovers, fewest yards per play. This is a fantasy gold mine. Yep. The Jets are giving up the most points to defenses. The most fantasy points to opposing defenses. Buffalo is up there too. They're at least top 10. Um, I don't know what Arizona is, but those are two really nice Buffalo and the Jets there to have during your to have during your playoffs. Yeah. They could be a game changer. Like New England has been one of the top scorers in all positions. New England's defense, I think Pittsburgh could could end up being that too during that time. They have not had a a matchup where they had less than 10 points since week three where they faced the San Francisco 49ers. The three offenses that they faced in those first three weeks, New England, Seattle, San Francisco, all powerful teams. And then since then, 19 points, 13 points, 14 points, 15 points, 19 points. Do you know? And they're only rostered in 62% of ESPN leagues again. Go those forty, those forty percent, just You're aren't playing. They're lives. not playing. They're just not playing. Just, They're not active leagues. But I still feel like because I think public perception is just that the Steelers aren't. A Do very you know good what changed right after now? week three? Actually, after week two, but Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka changed the defense, and it was he got signed right before that San Fran game. Had to fly to Pittsburgh, and then fly to um, San Fran. So we'll give him a break there for not, but he did have a pick in that game as well. Steelers uh, defense in Yahoo leagues, 59% ownership. 
This is ridiculous. Fix it. I'm disgusted. I would go. I'm going to end this podcast right now. If you I'm, go do a trade, if you're doing a trade in the next couple of weeks, if you're trading with them. a team that, you know, has Pittsburgh, sneak them in. Yeah. It's, it's easier to do than you think to throw in a defense there, throw in your defense, just sneak it in. And people are like, okay, if that's going to, if that's what I need to do to get the deal done, they're going to do it. And it yeah. might be a game changer. Uh, like Kate said, those fantasy points for that defense, for the Pittsburgh's defense has been insane. And that's Minka Fitzpatrick's doing. It's not all him getting the points, but he's changed that defense. He's made him better. He's made everybody better. For a defense to put up points comparable to a wide receiver two, that's really a wide receiver one. There's been so many inconsistent players that if you're getting 14, 15, 19 points from a defense, I mean, that that's a... That can win you a week because your opponent's defense could get negative points. Yep. Yeah. I just, I think that they are so supremely underrated. I can't believe their ownership is so low. I'm disgusted. I think you're focusing too much on that. I think most people, they're already on. So they're not going to be able to go pick them up. If you can go pick them up, they need to be your first priority. Unless Hunt is for some reason out there. But Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, that is it for our league winners. Do you want to get into the Thursday night game before we wrap up here? Let's do it. So we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. We're not going to be doing all of our scrumptious starts, although we'll we'll discuss them here. We're going to be covering game by game, letting you know who are we uh, considering for our must starts, who are you going to get some safe points from, who can you uh, hope for like a big, nice boom Yeah, from. We'll, d- we'll definitely talk about our favorite starts throughout the, the games. We're going to go game by game. Uh, we're going to split them up throughout the week. But uh, today we're just going to start with Thursday night game. And then on our next podcast this week, whether that be drop Thursday or Friday, that will go over the rest of the games. And then we'll we'll see how we do it next week. But we like to change it up here, not keep it too boring for y'all. Uh, if you ever have any ideas for us, let us know. We're willing to change anything up. We're very flexible. But getting into this Thursday night game, we got the Chargers and the Raiders, which maybe a few weeks ago this looked like a terrible Thursday night game, but it's actually a pretty good game. Both of these teams are still very much in the wild card hunt um, in the AFC. Whichever one loses is going to be become much, much harder for them. Mm-hmm. So this is a huge game. Both teams are looking up. And, you know, Oakland Raiders' offense has been pretty good. Their defense is wildly bad. Yeah. Offense has been really good. The Chargers in general have been pretty bad, but they just really dominated the Green Bay Packers, who only had one loss before this. So maybe they're changing over a leaf. They have their new OC. Who knows? So who are you looking at in this game? Who's who's some of your must-starts? Must-starts, I think, obviously, you got Josh Jacobs. Yep. I don't think... There's, I still get questions about him. Josh Jacobs or this ask, guy. It's, don't ask questions. No, he's a running back one. Stop it. Yes. Yeah, get out of here. Play him. And this Chargers matchup should be great. Now, I thought Aaron Jones had last week. You know, he's going up against the Chargers. It's a fantastic matchup. He's going to eat. And he did absolutely nothing. So, but still, it's Josh Jacobs. He's been nothing but consistent. He's actually been a consistent dude this year where a lot of people haven't been. He's yeah. an every week must start. I'm I'm actually surprised at this point in the season that people are still questioning it. 120 rushing yards at least in three of the last four games. That's incredible. I'm pretty sure the one that he didn't get that is was two weeks ago when he got hurt and he missed a little bit of time. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. Um, who else? Who else is your must start? Let's stay over on the Oakland side. Darren Waller. Uh, he hasn't been as consistent as you may think he's been. No, but. He's still a top-tier tight end this season. Like, when you're looking at the current landscape of tight end, it's just, it's not, like, what are you expecting from your tight end? You're expecting Darren Waller. I second overall in, sorry, third overall in average points per game, 13 points per game. Um, He's he's just, he's balling out, not been as consistent, but... I mean, that's that's the upside you're hoping for. Yeah. Right? Like, in the last two games, he's only had two receptions each. So two receptions for 11 yards two weeks ago. This last week, two receptions for 52 yards. I don't expect that to last, though. They just paid him a lot of money just to show him only two targets per game. I, I think that, I yeah. don't know. I, I, I mean, he's an see... every week must start. He, the tight end position, who else you play in? He... Darren Fells. Yeah, he... 
besides this last week, he's still getting targets. So even two weeks ago when he only had two receptions for 11 yards, he had eight targets. So he's still going to be a huge part of the game plan. I think last week was just a really bad week for him for target share. It'll go back up. He still had 52 yards last You would like to see his touchdowns go up. So he had the one week with the two touchdowns and then followed that up with one touchdown. But majority of his games so far, six of his nine games, six of his eight games, yeah, six of his eight games, no touchdowns. Yeah, but also what if you're in a PPR league and you're looking at the number of receptions averaging in that same time span, seven receptions, uh, if you're in a full PPR, there's your touchdown right there. So yeah. he's, a, he's a muster. I don't really know why we're talking about that so much. It's just like I thought he was more consistent than he was. I thought he was more dominant than he was. And really, he's had a couple really, really amazing games. And then besides that, it's like kind of eh. Hunter Henry, other tight end for uh, – the Chargers. You got to play Hunter Henry. Ranks I mean, he's been great since he's been back. average points per game. He's getting the yards and the touchdowns. He has the upside in both areas. Uh, he's he's a must start as well. Let's talk about some guys that are kind of question marks that people will actually have serious questions about. Uh, Melvin Gordon, right? Like, do we trust him? So I dug a little bit deeper because I wanted to see what was Melvin Gordon's usage. He took a swim. Yep, I, I went I went roll deep in, and the Chargers came out, and they were just dominant. I mean, Green Bay couldn't do anything on offense. They were not scoring. By the fourth quarter, the Chargers were up 19-3, to which is great. And then we see Melvin Gordon has 20 carries, and you're like, oh, my goodness, finally, he's getting his workload back. The OC has changed things. The new OC, like, he's actually using Gordon. Well, in the entire first half, Melvin Gordon only had five carries. That's it. Five carries. Eckler had four, so not much of a difference. In the third quarter, Eckler had another five carries, so it's going up there. They're up 9-0. to zero. Uh, they, they kept gaining the lead as the third quarter was going on. Gordon gets five carries. Nice. Eckler gets three. And then the fourth quarter, that's when they had two drives left, and Melvin Gordon gets ten carries in the fourth quarter and two drives. Six of those on the last drive. So he got 50% of his carries in the fourth quarter because they were up by so much. They're up by more than two touchdowns. They're just trying to run out the clock. So what would have happened there if that was a close game? Or if they were losing? Does Melvin Gordon get even close to that amount of workload? Like You can't say he does because he only had five in the entire first half when it was a close game. Yeah. Uh, Philip Rivers in the first half had 22 passing attempts. In the second half, he only had six, six attempts in the whole second half. So they were just running out the clock. And I think that's why Melvin Gordon got so much work. But I do, I still think that this is an offense that is working to find their identity. I don't think they've found it yet. So I do think that there's sort of everything up on the board. I think that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams definitely have a chance to, to have a good game. But like you said, I I don't think we can write off Eckler just yet. No, and I think Eckler's still a fine flex play. And now Melvin Gordon, I do think you start him. Unless you just have insane options, which you might because you didn't need him for the majority of the year. So if you drafted him, you figured out something else with the running back position. You might not need him, but I do think he's a fine start. I just wouldn't get too excited yet. That's all I'm saying. Melvin Gordon or Sonny Michelle? Melvin Gordon. Oh my goodness, yeah, Melvin Gordon. (laughs) I mean, he has the same floor as Sony and a way higher ceiling. So definitely Melvin Gordon. He is being used in the at the goal line. But I will say Eckler got the first shot that one time. At the two yard line, they gave Eckler a shot. He only got a yard, and then they put Melvin Gordon in the game. So Eckler could have totally stole one of his touchdowns here. I just I'm not as excited as the rest of the world about Melvin Gordon being back to normal because they really didn't want to use him. Still. And if it was a close game, I think we still are like, why aren't they using Melvin Gordon? Like, what's going on? If nothing else, I think it's good for him to get reps. But we do know now in games that they're blowing teams out, Melvin Gordon's going to be used. He's definitely the back that's the bruiser that can run out the clock. Like, you're not going to use Eckler in that way if you have a Melvin Gordon. So Melvin Gordon's not going to be... Melvin Gordon might be game scripted out more if they're losing. And then Austin Eckler is going to be game scripted out when they're winning. Yeah. So it's going to be hard. Like, can you decide what way the game's going to go? Do this think, Thursday night, I think they could, you know, they could be winning. So, I don't know. I Oakland's did, been a good offense. I just mentioned that, you know, maybe um, 
you know, it's a good thing that Melvin Gordon was getting the reps because he did talk about the fact that, you know, it doesn't matter how many workouts you did in the offseason, there's nothing that's going to replace game time. Do you think that this was maybe a way for them to scheme for him to get actual game time reps? For sure. And like I said, I'm still starting Melvin Gordon. I'm just a little bit more cautious than everyone else. Okay. So I'd still start him. Uh, moving on to other question marks, Keenan Allen. I mean, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, they both been up and down games. Keenan Allen started so, so hot, and he's just... He's been nothing lately. So hot. This matchup is amazing. Oakland's giving up the second most points to the wide receiver position. We just saw both Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones go over 125 yards each and one touchdown each. And that's exactly how I could picture this going. I think you can play both guys, and I think you should play both guys. Yeah. If you're keeping Mike Evans, sorry, not Mike Evans, of course you're playing him. (laughs) If you're keeping Mike Williams on your team, like you haven't traded him, you're not going to drop him, obviously. If you have Mike Williams on your team, there's no reason to have him on your team if you're not playing him in this matchup. Yeah, let's see. My my brew crew, shout out Pittsburgh League team, um, like here are my decisions right now. So um, I do. I have too many good wide receivers. I don't know what to do with myself. Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper. Oh, well, you're starting those three. Are any of them up by? No. So, like, in that position, I just really can't start. Well, no, because it's only a one flex league. So there are going to be position like spots that you're in that you can't start them. But if you're if you're in a spot where you don't have three dominant wide receivers, uh, you're starting. Like, this is a great matchup. I'm starting Keenan Allen. He's been a huge bust, but it's too good of a matchup to sit him. He can go off in any game. So those two guys, they're boom-bust guys for sure. Yeah. But I would start him. Austin Eckler, if you need a running back two this week, if you need a flex play, I think he's okay. Uh, what about Tyrell Williams? He's just like, he's a touchdown machine. Yeah. He gets one touchdown every game except this last game. Uh, the yards aren't really there. I mean, he's had a couple good yardage game. Besides that, everything's under 50 yards. I think he's definitely boomer bust. He's um, what about he's a guy the Chargers? That, like they're not giving up a ton of points to the wide receiver position. No, and he is Casey a, Hayward should be on him. He's the wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, Casey Hey Casey. We just saw Devonte Adams get shut down by him. Yes. I don't really want to start Tyrell Williams. No, I, I don't either. It's but... touchdown or bust, and I don't like yes. that for any player I have. Yeah. That's and... why Sony Michelle, like, I don't want to play him. He's touchdown or bust. Yeah. Anybody uh, you're fading in this game. I'm not touching Zay Jones. No, thank you. No. Hunter Henry has had two nice weeks. He had Hunter that long play. Renfro? Yep, thank you. Hunter Renfro. 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 Uh, what did I say? Hunter Henry? Yeah, I was about. I was going to say Hunter Henry. We already talked about no. a Hunter. B, Ren- you don't sit Hunter Henry. Hunter Renfro. I hope he doesn't become a thing because I can't say his last name very well. <laughs> My mouth does not work in that way. Uh, he had a, a long play two weeks ago. That was a touchdown. That was pretty much all of his points. And then last week he also had a touchdown, fifty something yards. I don't even have it in front of me. I don't care about him. <laughs> like I just don't. I'm, he's a cool young dude. Maybe you can be excited about his. Did you just say a cool young cool dude? Cool young dude that people are excited about. Maybe you can be excited about him in Dynasty and about his future. But like, no, I don't want to start him. Like, I just don't want to. Like, there's other guys you can start. That's just yeah. my thing. Like, there's so many other wide receivers out there. Yeah. I don't, I don't really want to start him. I don't yeah. want to start him. What about Derek, uh, Derek Carr? Yeah, Derek Carr. I almost called him David wow, Carr. you cannot get things right today. Hey, I've been fine. Derek Carr, he's been good. I mean, he's been good. I don't want to ever trust him. The Chargers have been good against opposing quarterbacks, like not giving him too many fantasy points. Seventh fewest points per game. When you look at the quarterbacks they played against, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. They're Devlin both. Hodges, Jacoby Brissett, who is fine. Matthew Stafford had a nice game. Deshaun Watson had a nice game. Mitch Trubisky. Like. Do we, do we think that he's the kind of quarterback that's good enough to? I, I feel like you're they, either a good quarterback and you do fine, or Aaron Rodgers has had a really bad game against them. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't want to start. I don't want to start. But they're like we keep bringing up six buys. So you have a lot of quarterbacks on buys. You have some injuries still. Cam Newton's not coming back. Yeah. So you can't go depend on him. 
I mean, it just, it's, if what Pat is your... could possibly sit out again, even though I expect him to play, but if What he is does... your ceiling for Derek Carr? And that's my question, because the most fantasy points he's had for me this season, 23 points. Otherwise, he's been 14, 9, 15, yeah. 13, And eight. the Chargers, the most fantasy points they've given up this year has been 26 to Deshaun Watson. And I... I don't want to. I don't want to play with that far. That was week three. I mean, these are the Josh. I mean, but they played some really bad quarterbacks. So Josh Rosen, 180 yards and one touchdown. Joe Flacco, 182 and one touchdown. Devlin Hodges, 132 and one touchdown. They did low with 300 yards to Ryan Tannehill and a couple touchdowns. Oh my goodness, they played some bad quarterbacks. Mitchell Trubisky, but then they did just hold Aaron Rodgers, who's been killing it. So this this defense is confusing me. I, if I don't have to start Derek Carr, I don't want to. Not in this matchup. Absolutely agree with you there, everybody. Thank you for tuning into this very special edition of the Bell Blast podcast. We will be going through all of the other matchups this week uh, in our next episode, where we will talk about our start sets, fades, sleepers, and more. Uh, Michelle, what do you got for me? Anything special? I don't think so, but I do want to ask everyone to go over to our Patreon play, page. Page? Plage. Wow. I really need to end this episode. Go to our <laughs> Patreon page and check it out. Uh, before, we used to do all the matchups, but now we're going to turn that into our uh, two-week free episode podcast. And on Fridays, we'll be dropping Patreon podcasts. They're going to be just fun stuff. We'll, yeah, we'll figure out some be, fun stuff to talk about. We're going to start uh, talking about Dynasty Leagues for some people who might be starting to rebuild maybe we'll get into dfs a little bit more i think that's where we're headed because you know i've been balling out over at oh the my goodness Fanduel kate's so Sportsbook. good a at betting just like betting the spreads i am so bad at it kate's killing it and then dfs kate's much better than me as well so i logged Kate's into, just better than me at life i logged into michelle's Fanduel account i placed one bet for 140 bucks yeah uh, yeah, that was great. Got you covered, girl. Well, yeah, you. I think we'll we'll. Start Where do they to... head to our Patreon account so they can listen to this Dynasty and DFS information? Patreon.com slash ballblast. You can find me, Kate, over on Twitter at FFBallblast. And you can find me, Michelle, at ballblastem, ballblastem. E-M. Please, everybody, give us those five-star reviews if you're feeling so generous. And we'll see you later this week. Bye, y'all. Bye.